Hey guys, it's Jen and Kelly. Welcome to Her Book of Job, the podcast. Hey everybody. Welcome back to Her Book of Job, the podcast. Jen and Kelly here. This is episode eight, Sackcloth and Ashes. Not everything that is faced can be changed, but nothing can be changed until it is faced. James Baldwin. So today, Jen, we are talking about a pretty deep subject. As the title suggests, Sackcloth and Ashes, we're talking about periods of time or seasons in our lives that are particularly dark, you know, where we're feeling hopeless, we're feeling depression and despair. Um, Why do you think it's important to touch on this in our podcast? I think it's important uh, simply for the fact that in life, we all go through, you know, very dark and depressing times. And sometimes, you know, we deal with these things by ourselves and no one really knows about them or cares about them, right? And what we try to do here with her book of Job is just really talk about those things that are extremely difficult to talk about, um, you know, so that you, you as the listener know that you're, you're not alone in the things that you go through. Absolutely. Um, I think it's important. The other reason why I think this subject is super important is because Sometimes people have the misconception that when you're a Christian or when you're a believer, everything's just supposed to go well for you. Like somehow suffering and problems are out of the ordinary. <laughs> like they're strange. Like like it shouldn't be happening to you. And sometimes when people are Christian, they're like, "Hold up. Why is this happening? What's going on here?" And um I think it's super important to just clear that misconception up that no one under the sun is exempt from from pain and from suffering. And that, you know, like you said, it's a just universal truth. It's part of the human experience to go through despair and um and to go through hard times. So yeah, and, and it's just not something that's glamorous and that people want to talk about, but Yet, it's just one of the most human things we can experience and go through. It's so real and it's so important to discuss because, like you said, a lot of times people suffer alone or suffer in silence. So, hopefully, if you found your way to this podcast, you know, you, you're not alone and yeah, you don't have to go through it by yourself. And yeah, you can open up and, and talk to us and hear our experiences and just know that you know, whatever it is that you're experiencing or going through, like that quote you shared from James Baldwin, you know, we can't, we can't change it unless we face it. Definitely. And I, I have had 
many <laughs> sackcloth and ashes moments in my life. Like you said, Kelly, it, it, it is a part of life. No one is exempt. You know, these things tend to happen sometimes on a continuum. We're living in a very sinful world and no one goes a full life without, you know, absolutely nothing bad happening to them. I know a low, a low point for me was actually after we graduated from BU. BU? <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, man. I, at that point, after we graduated, you know, or just before we, we graduated, I wasn't doing um, well in school. And um, I didn't graduate with the degree that I had set out to do. So imagine leaving school after four years and having, you know, basically nothing to show for it. Um, that was very tough because not only was that time wasted, um, but it, it was a very just disappointing time. And on top of going through that, um, my relationship with my boyfriend at the time exploded. And um, that was also difficult to navigate with the disappointment, you know, in the academic end of things. And I just literally, after after grad, I just literally didn't know what to do with myself. You know, I was home for eight months and I, because of everything that was going on, I just could not get a typical, you know, post-grad job in, in, a, in a field. I didn't really, I didn't really have a field uh, after grad to enter into. And so I ended up getting like this little job at Calgary Stampede. But, you know, during that time, I was just so depressed that I couldn't even keep that job. I couldn't make it through the time period that I was supposed to work there. So when I left the job, I ended up staying at a friend's house and I, I was on her couch crying every single day God sent. I was I was just a mess. Like, I just couldn't get off that couch. I just cried and cried and cried. During this time period, during this this eight months, I, w I just thought to myself, okay, Jendai, what are you going to do? Like, you know how you get into a, a tough situation and you just start, you know, trying to think of ways you could climb out of that hole. I just didn't know what to do. And my dad watched me um, through this period. And honestly... Papa Ferrari, like, he came through, you know? One time, one time for dads. <laughs> yes, one time for the one time. Like, yeah, dad, dad really, he really came through. He, he saw my little pieces and he started picking them up and, you know, all these little broken pieces of me and started putting them back together and started helping me think of things that I could do. And because of how school went, I couldn't get into a master's program, right? And so he's like, okay, you can't do a master's program right now. What about, you know, you go and teach English? And I'm like, does this man see what I just went through? Like, who's going to hire me? <laughs> who's going to hire me to teach anything? I had the roughest time in school and, you know, no one would accept me for a master's. So I'm like, who's going to hire me to, to teach? Long story short, I ended up getting a job and I went to Korea and that was the beginning of a healing journey for me. But, you know, 
as life would have it, even though I was going through that period and I'm like, okay, I'm getting over my relationship. I'm getting over the disappointment that I've just faced with school and my career and like, you know, my dreams and goals and none of that is happening for me. And I'm in this pit of depression. You know, I, I got this breakthrough and this healing journey started when I went to Korea. But when I came back, fast forward to this year, you know, I would I would mark this as the worst year of my life. And, you know, just as I was feeling or starting to feel like I was, you know, seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, as they say, or just feeling like, you know, okay, I have these goals and I'm reaching them and I'm getting there. You know, I had since left Korea, I went back to school, I was getting my life together, things seemed promising, I wasn't as depressed as I once was. You know, I was hopeful for once in my life. And then the first half of 2021, oh boy, 2021, my brother tragically uh, and very unexpectedly passed away. And nothing, nothing in this life prepared me for that day, for that moment. Nothing, nothing could ever prepare me for how I was going to feel because you don't, if it's unexpected, it's not something you prepare for. You don't, you don't see it coming. You, there's nothing you can do. And so I don't remember the doctor's name because I totally blacked out, but I remember the moment when he walked into the waiting room, when he walked into the waiting room, he said those words that, um, that no one really you know, no one wants to hear this. He, he, I remember it distinctive, distinctively. He walked in with his colleague and I'm standing there waiting for him to speak. And he, all he had to say was, I'm sorry. And I knew, and the rest of that was, I'm sorry, but we did everything we could. And I, I didn't cry immediately because I was so shocked. Kelly, what, what could I, like, I just, no tears like nothing I just couldn't I was just like frozen there in in utter disbelief all I could say in that moment was thank you doctor thank you I was so hurt I was so so hurt but I felt like in that moment like I just needed to be strong for my parents and my little brother wow because like you know as the oldest sibling you you kind of feel the need to be the warrior of the family yeah i just i i continued this conversation with the doctor but i i can't remember what we spoke about but i remember talking to him and once he left i saw that my family you know they had each other they were hugging crying and we we had a family friend who was there to support and stuff like that and so i had a little moment and i went out into the hall and as i was in the hall my friend walked in and he, when he walked in, he just gave me a, a big hug, like a strong hug. And that's when I wept. Mm. I wept. Yeah, that's when it really hit. Yeah, that's when the moment, like, I, I just, like, released everything. And I had no feelings in my legs, so my friend literally had to hold me up because I could not stand. I couldn't stand. A really hard part for me was having to say goodbye. I stared at him for a while and I felt like I could 
just literally die in that moment from the pain that I felt just watching my brother laying there. It's it's something that I, I will literally, you know, never forget. Like you you never forget, you never forget that moment. And so once we left the hospital, at the time I had crochet twist in. Like you know, like your twist, but then you you know crochet twist girl, right? Of course, of course. Yeah. So I had a set of those in, but when I tell you after I came back from the hospital, I didn't want anything touching me. I didn't want anything in my hair. And I remember I just got a pair of scissors and I started cutting, cutting them out, just hacking at my hair basically. And I, in doing, in doing that, I didn't realize that some of the twists had my hair in it on the perimeter, right? You know how you do that to kind of like conceal the look, right? And I... So you were cutting your own hair without knowing? Yeah, without knowing. So I ended up cutting a chunk out of my hair, my natural hair. And I remember holding the hair in my hand and just sinking to the floor and for a split second, Kelly, I, I promise you, like for a split second, I thought I, like, I, I don't know if it was like a psychotic break or like a moment of insanity. I went to the washroom and I grabbed my dad's clippers because I was just going to shave it all off. I just, I just didn't know what to do with that. I'm like, okay, this is the worst day ever. And I'm here cutting off my hair. Like this is, this isn't, this is intense. I just want it all. I just want it all gone. I don't even know how to explain to you, but I just literally wanted to shave all my hair off. And luckily, um, my mom, she was around and I told her what happened. And she, she told me, she's like, don't cut it. Don't cut it. Like she really was kind of like a, a presence there for me because if she wasn't there, I think I would have just, just gone for it. But that day, I just literally felt like I was having an out-of-body experience. I felt like I was someone else just looking down on my life. And I just literally couldn't believe what was happening. And, you know, this experience definitely left a mark on my life. You know, after going through something so traumatic like that, I was thinking to myself, how do I now come on her book of Job? the podcast and inspire people and tell them a message of hope. And when I absolutely had none, none whatsoever, like that was the lowest of the low. I just didn't know how, how to come back from that um, to the podcast and, you know, have these amazing conversations with you and with people who, who listen to us and who support our our pod and who comments and engage with us. I just didn't know how to come back because here I am talking about hope and you got this and overcoming and stuff like that. And here I am on the worst day of my life and months, the months are going back by the weeks are going by. And I just didn't know how to come back. You know, I wanted to be happy. I wanted good things to happen to me, but you know, I was having these HBOJ moments. That's what I'll call it. <laughs> this her book of Job moments in real life. This wasn't this wasn't something that I was reflecting on. It was happening to me. Can I be real? I don't have the answers. This really spoke to my humanity. You know, I, I don't have the answers. And I don't know how to overcome this. And I'm currently on the journey of overcoming right now as we speak today. I'm on this journey.
And, you know, I keep falling on these hard times. So what is the message here? What are, what are we trying to do here with her book of Job? How do we continue to go through life with these ebbs and these flows and still manage to push through, to push forward with hope for the future? Because life can be very difficult. And yes, I had this, this issue, you know, after we graduated BU and I felt like there was no future for me. I felt I was getting no's left, right, and center. I just didn't know how I was going to go back to school or in the case of the relationship, if I was ever going to find a partner again or love again. And, you know, it's these periods of uncertainties. And then, you know, I kind of came out of that and I was doing well and I went back to school and I'm like, yeah, okay, life is getting back on trap on track. And then, you know, my brother dies and then I'm, I'm swallowed back into this pit that is, is difficult to come out of. And I am grateful for this opportunity we have on her book of Job to just really come on here and talk about the hard times and what happens in life. And I'm grateful for this, for this opportunity, this platform that we get to share with one another how hard life can be, but also, you know, this message of hope. And I'm, I'm glad that I've come to this place where I can come back on her book of Job and have this conversation with you and to our listeners. Yeah, I'm going through it right now. I really am. And I can't tell you how I've overcome because I'm literally in this journey and I feel like this is what this pod is about, is talking about this journey that we are on. Sometimes we don't have it all figured out. And sometimes, yeah, we are sad in the moment. And I'm definitely, I'm definitely really, really sad right now. You know, I appreciate the transparency and I know our, our listeners do too, Jen. I love the fact that you you're like, hey, I don't have the answers. And I don't think that's what this is about. At least not today's episode anyway. <laughs> You know, this today's episode is not really about having the answers. And I just want to take a moment to talk about sackcloth and ashes. And for people who may not be familiar with what that means or where that comes from, like in Bible times, when people were going through really dark times and moments of inexplicable grief, of overwhelming despair, where you can, you don't have the words to, to express how you're feeling, they would tear their clothes and they would wear like these burlap, think of like a potato sack type of thing, you know, like really rough clothing. And they would put that on and they would literally sit in ashes and pour ashes over their head. I mean, just imagine what <laughs> that looks like for a second. And that would be a way of expressing what was going on inside their heart. And what I really want us to take out of that whole thing is that they sat there in it. They sat in the ashes. They they weren't looking for, it's not about an answer. And it's not about, you know, figuring it out or whatever. Sometimes it's just about sitting in it and being in that grief and in that place until you're not, you know, that's the thing. It's like, you just got to be there. You just got to sit there and sometimes you just got to feel all those feelings and you just got to mourn and you've got to do whatever it is that you got to do. But to me, Jen, it's like as you were speaking in a weird way, 
you're also giving us a response to how you're dealing with this because you're still here, aren't you? You're still here. You're still getting up every single day. You're back on the podcast. I mean, you see what I'm saying? (laughs) You're like, I don't know how I'm going to do this while you're actually doing it. You know, (laughs) but my thing is for our listeners, it's like sometimes we, especially in the West, Western culture, we're, we're so like microwave people. We want things overnight. We want things quick and we're impatient, but a lot of things in life are about a process. It's called a season for a reason, right? So when we're going through a dark time, a dark season, it's gonna take time before you get out of that season. And sometimes the only thing we can do is sit in it and sit in those ashes and just be in that moment. And and like uh, that quote from James Baldwin, we got to face it. We can't run away from it. We can't try to avoid it. Let's not put on our nice clothes and act like everything is okay. Sometimes we got to tear our robes, put on those sackcloths, sit in those ashes and weep. That in and of itself is healing and therapeutic. Some time ago, you you said that Joe wins the Suffering Olympics. And I just thought that was like so interesting when you said that and was wondering, like, when you said that, what were you, what was the reasoning for, for saying that? Because here we are, we're looking at this man who lost his kids and gets sick and is going through all these things. Why, why should we look to Joe? as the winner of Suffering Olympics. What could we glean from that? One of the reasons I say that is because sometimes we're so, we can have a a big pity party for ourselves um, and not to invalidate or belittle any of the experiences either of us or our listeners have gone through. But the point is nobody has lost their, all of their children in a day and all of their property and then got sick. You know, like all of that stuff all combined, like his, his grief was compounded. And the point, and I'm being facetious when I say suffering Olympics, obviously you can't compare suffering, right? Suffering sucks no matter what the cause is and no matter what we go through. But my point is that he is such a model for us because he didn't do anything to deserve what he went through. And that speaks to what I was saying in the beginning. Like sometimes we assume or expect that because we're good people or because we we're believers or whatever our because is that this should not happen to me. I don't deserve this. Well, that's besides the point. The point is we all experience suffering. (laughs) And so Job gives us this amazing look at how to deal with it. And he sits in those sackcloth and ashes for most of the book. I mean, (laughs) Job is a pretty long book. It's like 30 something chapters. And most of it is him in his depression. There's a very small section at the intro that tells you when everything was going well. And there's a very small section at the at the end, in the conclusion, when everything is restored for him. Thank God that Job does have a happy ending, y'all. But that's not the point to me of the book. That can't be the point because that's not the subject of most of the book. Most of it is him dealing with this sackcloth and ashes season. That's what it is. It's 30 chapters of weeping and mourning and not wanting to be alive and not wanting to deal with it and wishing that he was never born and wrestling with why. And also in the midst of all that, still 
holding on to faith. That's the point. Throughout all of that, or, you know, these um, seasons of sackcloth and ashes that we face in our life, it's, there's a strong, what's the word? There's a strong desire. I don't know if that's the right word, Yeah. but you get to this point where you want to curse God. You want to be mad at God. You want to lament and ask him why and say, oh, I don't believe in God anymore. Or why would he do this to me and stuff like that. But what I find interesting is that Job didn't do that. Well, I mean, Job still asked God a bunch of questions, right? He did, but he didn't curse him, right? That's the thing. And I think that's the lesson for us. The lesson for us is as we go through this book is to see that you can still have faith and ask why. You can still be a believer and be sad. You can still follow Jesus and wish you were never born. That's the beauty and complexity of Job, that he, in, in the midst of all of that, the Bible says he never sinned. In the midst of all his, his um, sadness, his depression, his questioning, his why God, you know, all this stuff he was asking the Bible acknowledges that he actually never did anything wrong, even in all of that. I think that's encouraging for us because sometimes, you know, people have this stereotypical Ned Flanders from the Simpsons version of Christianity where everything is oakily dokily. Like, like no matter how bad things are, you're just supposed to smile and be like, I am blessed and highly favored. It's okay for you to be like, no, my life sucks. And I, you know, and and whatever those feelings are, it's okay to acknowledge them. That does not make you any less of a believer. So I think that's what's so beautiful and so powerful is that depression and sadness are not a sin. And when we're feeling down and when we're feeling, you know, when we're in those dark places, God doesn't condemn us. He comes down into that darkness with us and he comforts us. Like I mentioned in, an, in another episode, he's near to the brokenhearted, right? Mm-hmm. He doesn't go, he doesn't sit up there and go, after everything I've done for you, I'm such a good God. How dare you be sad? He doesn't do that. He doesn't shame so, us for our sadness. So what you're saying is that when we're in our pits, right, of, of despair and sadness, we can ask God why we're going through these things. Like, it's okay to ask because you, you made it an interesting point there you said that you know job did ask but he 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 in the whole process while he's you know going through the the sackcloth and ash ashes moment he's he never he never sinned um against god so i just thought that was so interesting because a lot of the time i don't know i I guess i've just been you know under the impression or have been taught i don't know where I got it from, but it's like, you don't question God. I mean, I don't know. I don't know where people get this idea from because the Bible is full of conversations with human beings and with God. And if you, all human beings f- since the beginning of time have always had questions, of course you can question. I mean, there's, I, I, if you, if you are out there and you can find the Bible verse, that's like, don't ask God questions, please show me. But there's a difference between asking God a question and then, you know, just letting go of your faith, completely rejecting or renouncing God or saying, you know what, I'm done with God because I'm I'm going through this. God is not real. I'm done. Forget it. This Christian thing is, see, that's, that's completely different. But to say, Lord, why? I mean, that's just one of the most human responses to any kind of pain. 
Why? We want to know why. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with asking that. In fact, you know, the latter part of the book is God answering. If he had a problem with the questions, he wouldn't answer. Now, you might have issues with how he chooses to answer. That's a different story. Mercy. <laughs> you know, because he, he, he answers Job in this really weird roundabout way, which I love. He's like, you know what, Job, you, you've been asking me questions for the last 30 chapters. Why don't you, you know, get yourself together, gird yourself like a man, you know, and, and I'm going to ask you questions now. <laughs> so you, so God's like, yo, you answer me. And he starts to just go in, right? about where were you when I laid the foundations of the world? In other words, man, I'm God. I run this. I have wisdom and and, and and power and goodness that you can't even comprehend. Anyway, that goes besides the point. The point is God actually comes and addresses Job. That's major. He comes and he has a conversation with Job. That's really what we should get out of that is that if he had a problem with the questioning, if he was offended, you think he'd leave his throne, come to this puny earth to have a conversation with one guy? He wouldn't. Because ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But I want to encourage everyone that's listening that he's the one that's got time for that. That he, whatever it is that you're experiencing, God is not afraid of the darkness. He is not afraid of whatever is the deepest, darkest moment of your life. And he wants to go through it with you. And the thing about him, he ain't going to fast forward it. He's going to sit in them sackcloth and ashes with you. I mean, that's one of the most loving things someone can do. Everybody can hang out with you when life is good. But when, when things are terrible and somebody's willing to sit in that awkwardness, in that discomfort, and in that pain with you, what greater expression of love is there than when someone gives you their presence, right? That's true. It reminds me of how I was telling you guys when my friend came to the hospital and he literally held me up. I I see that as how God holds us up in these moments. He shows up in the hallway. When you step out and you have your moment on your own and you're by yourself, he shows up in that hallway and he, he holds you up. He lifts you up. And um, that is something amazing that we have to hold on to for sure. Just to bring everything back full circle. In the beginning, you're like, not everything that is faced can be changed, but nothing can be changed until it's faced. Something that I think sometimes we, we misunderstand is that we often want to change a situation, but sometimes we're the ones that's being changed. Everything that we go through Everything that we face changes us. And if we allow God to hold us up through those dark moments, then that change can be for the better. You know, we can actually come out um, with stronger faith, with with deeper, more um, persevering character. If we allow him to just sit with us and hold us up, he can actually use the worst things in our lives to change us and to make us better and to make us more like him ultimately. You know, so. You said something earlier and I wanted to correct it. You you said that when you finished when you finished Berman, you know, you're like you wasted that was time wasted because, you know, of of what happened with your degree and different issues like that. But I I you know, I just kept thinking to myself, there is no wasted time, especially not for someone who's a believer. Nothing that we go through is wasted. God uses everything that if we let him. 
He uses everything that we experience to be a blessing for us in one way or another. And I really hope that this doesn't doesn't come off as cliche to anybody listening. I'm, I'm really serious about this. You may not see it. You may not understand how, but God promises to work all things together for the good. So there is no, I wasted my time in that relationship or in that program or whatever it is. God uses all of the ups and all of the downs for our good in one way or another. So I'm hoping that you can see that, Jen, that there are no wasted time periods in your life. There's none. There's none. Even if it feels that way, God is using all of it for our redemption, you know? So be encouraged, man. Thank you so much for that, Kelly. Thank you so much for that, Kelly. I needed that. I needed that word <laughs> because, you know, I have the temptation to definitely look back on on that period of my life as wasted time. But what you've said um, is really going to help me moving forward. And now when I look back at that time, I'll, I'll, I'll look at it in the way you've just expressed. And I think that that will definitely help me moving forward because it's definitely a sore spot. But the way you explained it just then is definitely giving me a more positive way to look back, look back at that. Well, I'm super happy that God could just come into our little podcast right now and encourage us, all of us who are going through our sackcloth and ashes season. You guys who are out there, if you're so inclined, please go on our YouTube in the comment section. Let us know what are you going through or have you gone through that were just those really difficult and and dark times in your life. How did you get through it? Are you still going through it? Do you need someone to just sit in it with you? You know, um, just be encouraged that, of course, God is there to be, you know, to sit there with you. But, you know, if you want to talk to us about it and just get it off your chest, we'd love to hear from you and encourage you and what you're dealing with. Uh, so yeah, please leave us a comment. Don't forget to follow us on IG. And yeah, let us know if you're enjoying the content here on Her Book of Job, the podcast. This has been episode eight. I'm Kelly. That's Jen. Thanks so much for joining us. Bye.